And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening. Folks, thank you very, very much for listening. Day today is the 3rd of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I'm, of course, joined by the on-again, off-again, man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James, two Happy things. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, James. Let's kick things off with this right now. If you go to The Athletic, if you are subscription list, you can get a subscription to The Athletic for $1.99. I yes. don't know how long that promo is going on, but if you want ad-free listening to the Bun and Cardigan show, if you want access to all of James's incredible stories and the the amazing catalog of all the staff writers at The Athletic, $1.99 for The Athletic right now. Yeah, and you can go subscribe through the Jaden Ivey story that I posted on Monday morning. I, I've been talking to NBA coaches about them, what they see, just kind of just a path to improvement in terms of just like game planning against them and like how it all will come together. So it's very interesting stuff. So go check that out. Um, happy new year to you, Nick, and happy new year to all of our wonderful listeners. We missed each other in Chicago, unfortunately. And yes. I, I want to apologize. I'm on the road, as you guys know. Uh, so no mic. So I apologize for the computer audio. So with the two week hiatus, a lot of stuff that we missed. One thing we do not need to cover, luckily, is the Clipper game. I probably would have fired off some uh, some very uncomfortably bad takes uh, had we needed to record an episode after that game. We're going to speed right past it. Uh, in recent news, though, one thing that we technically didn't miss because we would have been talking about it in this cycle anyways, Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons, a little scuffle. Now, I want to say this up front. Um, I was traveling during this game. So it was between either going to the game or coming back to Chicago, like in that yeah. same time. So I didn't know what was going on. I just get a bunch of texts. The first one said malice part two with like a hundred question marks. And I was like, what's going on here? Got to so, relax with that, with that stuff. Right. So I get a bunch of those. Then I see the videos. And so I didn't have that sort of live reaction. Uh, maybe that everybody else did. Uh, but James, go ahead. It wasn't a big deal in the arena to me. Like, I was shocked at how big of a nat- of a story it became. Like, in the arena, it just felt like it. First of all, and I wrote the column after, we got to stop calling stuff malice at the Palace, too, or malice at LCA. Like, fights happen in sports, happen all the time. Fans were calm. There was no fan on the – everybody was chilling. Like, it was a scuffle on the basketball court during a competitive game. Like, we got to stop acting like Detroit, like, has this history of – people running onto the floor in mayhem. Like that happened in Auburn Hills. It happened because a guy from the suburbs threw a beer at a player. Like it hasn't happened. Like whatever. I want you to, I want you to, now that you've seen the video, I want you to just kind of go through like your initial thoughts and then I'll share my thoughts. Cause we have people who are Michigan fans are going to listen to this. They're going to be pissed. And then I'm going to share um, a conspiracy theory about the situation. Are we going tinfoil on this thing? Is there an angle? I mean, we could call it tinfoil. It's it's yeah, it's I have a conspiracy theory that I would hold, that I would bet a lot of money is also true. 
Yeah, my and, first I, and, reaction, I, and I'll lay out the facts of, and I'll lay out the details and you guys will probably agree with me. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, my first reaction, the Michigan piece of this is important, and I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, Michigan fans know this. Michigan State fans know this. Like, this is kind of who Mo Wagner is. Like, he's kind of a little shithead. Here's the thing about that guy. You love him when he's on your basketball team. I'm sure Michigan fans who are obviously Pistons fans probably didn't love that from him. Um, but we've seen the same stuff from Draymond as Michigan State fans. And even though he's not on my team, there is always that part of me that's going to be kind of like, yeah, but that's my guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so because I'm not new to uh, Mo Wagner, Mo Wagner shit, I was kind of like, I don't know how to say this. I was like, nice, Killian, like awesome. I was kind of like a little pumped up. Like, I like yeah. that a lot. Um, then there's the part of you that's kind of like, oh, he's asleep. Maybe that's not too cool. I didn't love the the takes that were that Killian did this deliberately. I think he kind of just like connected in the with wrong place. Yeah, yeah like I don't with this. He didn't hit him with his fist. He was not trying to hit him with a hook uh, the way that Magic fans seem to make things out to be. Um, I think it's also an interesting point that you bring up about needing to kind of dead the whole narrative around the whatever it is that people have with Detroit because the mouse at the palace happened. Like you said, I mean, you make the thing that you say the thing about the dude from the burbs and it's like, right, because that the dude from Oxford did it. That's like Detroit's fault. And like, that's a, it's a problem with them. So um, nothing happened to fans when Isaiah and LeBron got into his scuffle, their scuffle. Like we got to just stop. People stand up and take their phones out. That's what happens. Yeah. All right, so this is my before I get into my conspiracy theory uh, on the Killian and Mo situation. Here's my thoughts on it. To quote the great Lil John, "Don't start no shit, won't be no shit." What Mo did was dirty. Killian, he was upset that Killian out hustled him. He's Killian sprinting full speed, and Mo does a hip check. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's trying to get the ball." No, he wasn't. Oh, he only pushed him. Killian ran into the bench. He could have hit a. He could have tore a knee. He could have hit his head. He didn't, but he could have. It was a dangerous play. Um, and so when you do that, to me, things are fair game. Like you did something dirty. Like you have to, you probably shouldn't turn your back and deal. You have to deal with the consequences. I hate when people try to act like they should tell people how they should react to certain situations. Uh, I would imagine most of those people have never been in a situation like that. I would imagine that Killian, um, I mean, I, I, I've talked to Killian since then, like, Obviously, he just was upset, and he was just trying to get to Mo. And we, as you, you can see the tape, he didn't punch him in the back of the head. He was trying to push him, hit, a, hit him with the forearm. Uh, but, yeah, like, when you're in that situation, I just hate when people from the outside, from their couch, like, try to tell people how they should react to situations like that. Mo did something dirty. If he didn't want to risk something dirty being done, don't do that in the first place. So that's where I am. On to the conspiracy theory. Mo Wagner faked being out. Can I lay it out? Why? Please do. Okay. So as we all, everybody's, there are people who are trying to blame Killian for him being out. Correct. But we all saw he quote unquote was out when, when Hami pushed him. Yep. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And he fell and he fell into beef stew's arms and then Killian did what he did and everybody's okay. Question, right? We live in a world where if anybody sneezes the wrong way, they're in concussion protocol. Correct. Yep. Uh, we all saw the video evidence of how Mo looked, and most people would have come to the conclusion that he was out in some form, correct? Seemed pretty limp, yeah. Question for you. Have you heard anything about Mo being in concussion protocol or <laughs> Mo or uh, their, or him missing? Have you heard anything from Mo or the Magic since then in regards to Mo's 
uh, ment- mental health in turn with that. Well, not his mental health, but his physical health. His physical uh, health, technically. Yeah. His head. You know what? Yeah. Now that you mention it, James. No, I have not. Okay. So it would seem that in today's sports world where concussions are at the forefront when it comes to injuries, that if he was out cold, um, there would have been some form of follow-up, correct, in terms of how Mo is doing or what actually happened, correct? I would think so. Okay. So this is what I think happened. I think Mo, and he went to Michigan, smart guy. I think he, I think he just played dead, like intentionally played dead. He was in no man's land. He was by himself on the Pistons bench in Isaiah Stewart's arms. Yeah. I think he played dead. And this yeah. isn't just a me conspiracy. This is a conspiracy that you, you hear little murmurs around the league. I mean, because like I said, he wasn't in concussion protocol. But yeah. he looked he looked out cold. So well, which one is it? So if you're gonna play possum in a situation like that, I'm not gonna say that it's inherently malicious because that makes it sound like he was trying to hurt Killian, but just in the sense of like, if I have the presence of mind to know if I just sit here and don't do anything, it makes the punch look quote unquote worse, which then gives Killian a longer suspension than Mo Wagner, because he got one game, Kill got three. Uh, Mo got two. Hami I'm got sorry, one. Mo. I'm sorry, Mo got two. Do you kind of get where I'm going with this? Like, but yeah. I also don't. But I also don't really I don't, understand. Like, I mean, like he what? didn't know what Killian was going to do once he went limp. Right. Uh, but he certainly. Listen, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, this is kind of half joking and kind of not. But like, I don't. If he if he was out, okay, uh, I feel bad. But we live in a world where we would have heard if he was in. If there was a fear of a concussion. And we all saw the video. He looked out. So we yeah. would assume that the fact that that video was played multiple times on all these broadcasts and publications, that the Magic would have done their due diligence on a concussion thing. Um, and he would have been in protocol uh, because he certainly acted like he had a concussion. So what's the that's, precedent? That's my conspiracy. What's the precedent for something like that? I don't really know that. Like, let's say, let's pretend that this is true. Let's say that it is. And the NBA knows, hey, Mo Wagner actually was just kind of sitting there and was like pretending to be hurt. It's not like you suspend him more games for that. Yeah. And I don't even know if they can prove it because right, I don't, I can. don't know if he, I don't know if he would tell the truth. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, unless I missed something, I haven't seen the magic say that Mo was in concussion protocol or, uh, that he's going to miss games because of something. So. Well, other than the suspension, other than the suspension, but yeah, there has been no medical update or any medical information regarding Mo Wagner, who looked like he was out cold on the bench, which is to me, um, I would put with a hundred percent certainty that if something actually was wrong, we would have seen something. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it possible that he went in the locker room? They put the flashlight in his eyes, shook him around a little bit and we're like, yeah, you're fine. Is, is it possible? I'm just asking, is that, I mean, possible? yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. But, wouldn't he still have to be in concussion protocol? That's the thing. Right. And because of how um, the uh, well, you kept saying due diligence. That's probably a good way to phrase it. If I'm at any professional sports team and there's even the slightest fear that somebody has a concussion. Yeah, you're going to take those precautions. So I think I think maybe you're onto something here. Maybe the trail won't go cold. Maybe we'll dig something up. Yeah, Uh, that's just that's just something fun. That's very BNC that I wanted to share. Um, Now, we we also won that game. Yes. And. It's funny. I think something funny is going on here, James. So I was traveling during that game. Just like couldn't watch it. One of those games. It's out of your hands. Can't really watch it. Pistons win. Huh? Weird. I text you on New Year's Eve. We're playing Minnesota. 
D'Angelo Russell gives us what 13 and five minutes. I text you and say, you know what? I don't need this right now. I legit do not need this in my life. I'm not watching this anymore. College football's on. There are much better things I could be doing. And I turned the game off. Come to find out Pistons probably play one of the best third quarters they've had all year, scored 38 points in a quarter that is, I, I think, just trending to be their worst this season. Um, and they pulled off the win. So I think it's me. I think maybe I need to go on some sort of a strike. Uh, I texted you earlier today saying today might be a little rougher of a show for you because I have a few grievances that I want to air out. Upon reviewing my grievances and rehearsing them, uh, I didn't like a few of them. But but if you'll stay with me, uh, I will read you a few things. I think maybe just a two or handful of things here yeah. that are driving me insane and I can't bear to watch anymore. So I have some fixes here to make the Pistons a little more exciting for, for old Nick here. We talked earlier this year, first couple of weeks of the season, Alec Burks comes back from injury, ripping the net every single night, you know? And I say to you, James, can I get him for 20 minutes? Can I get him for 20 minutes a game? Cause I'm seeing 15, 12, 17, 16, 15. And you said, well, they just got to want to get his legs back under him, you know, get some games under his belt, make sure he can get back into shape. It's just a conditioning thing. I said, okay, that's valid. Come to find out Alec Burks playing some pretty decent minutes. These days, definitely getting about 20 a game. My thing is. We've started to see Isaiah. They're dipping the toe. They're dipping their toe in the water with this whole. Can we play him 30 minutes a game thing? Can we play him at the four for 30 minutes a game? Because if it's you look at the game log, 26, 32, 27, 25, 26. But I'm kind of thinking like. If he's going to play this well at the four and play this well and shoot this well from three, I know a couple of weeks ago he's what, 0 of 5 against the Jazz, but a couple everybody, weeks before everybody that. Everybody has an off day. Yeah. Everybody has an off day. The, the few <clears> weeks before <throat> that, he had five against the Knicks. That's 15 points from three for Isaiah Stewart. Um, I think maybe just make him the four because he's one of the only things keeping me watching these games. So, question What in the hell do they have to do with Alec Burks? Well, I'm saying with the minutes thing, as as far as the oh, minutes go, how okay. for, for a while he wasn't getting these minutes and I was getting upset. And then they finally started to uh, yeah, allocate yeah. more minutes to him. So I'm saying with Isaiah, how he's somewhere between that. Sorry, I, I apologize. I, I see how that could be confusing, how he's somewhere between that 20 and 30 now. And they're kind of experimenting with how how far can we push him? He had a game where he played 39 minutes the other night. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm saying just that was probably in. the overtime game. I think you're right. You're probably yeah, right. The, the Clippers game. I'm saying dive headfirst in, give him 30 a game. He's ready. I think it's possible. I think he is is susceptible to fouls, so that plays a part in it. Um, I think that also, like, Dwayne likes to – like, they're, they are developing players, like, outside of just <clears> – <throat> excuse me, their core guys. So, like, that bench, like, Dwayne likes to use two units, and that's where a lot of that stuff comes into play. So um, Bench scoring was huge against Minnesota. Yeah, bench scoring. The bench has been great. Hami has been – very, very good. Probably the best we've seen him in a Pistons uniform. The way he's cutting, just the making, like mucking up plays. The second unit's playing kind of like they've taken in on his identity. Like Corey's playing a little faster. Marvin's yeah. playing like the game's just faster when that group's out there. And he and Hami has done a really good job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Isaiah will get to that point. I think he will. I think right now, though, they don't want, I, mean, I don't, I guess I haven't really noticed that and I haven't really like looked into it too hard to give like a great answer, but I think part of it is foul trouble. I think part of it is Dwayne just likes to use two different units and that, and that hurts. Um, and yeah, I mean, in certain situations, like he, 
Isaiah had to play starting four and backup five when Bagley was out with the sickness. Mm-hmm. So, so that situation in situations like that, that makes sense too. But what's your other thing that's, that's bothering you right now? So the, sorry, I was, I was trying to pull up his game log real quick. Cause I don't even know if the foul trouble thing is true. I think in the last like two weeks, he's had one game where he has, where he had five, I think two, three, three, two, some, some stuff like that. I can look at I'll look that up in just a second, but I'm um, saying maybe those two were like early. So like he sat most. Gotcha. Of oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You gotcha. Yeah. Cool. This one, I've seen some people point out. I like it. I think it's true. It's a good question. Um, A few weeks ago when we had somebody ask the age question, right? And you, I think you, you, you sort of walked us all through that really, really well. Maybe, maybe something similar can happen here. I'm just not seeing it. Yeah. Every week we get up here, man, Killian really starting to put it together this season. Man, Bogdanovich really put it together this season. God damn, look at Stu really putting it together this season. Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, whoever it is. We're talking every single week about how somebody's really putting it together. Why is it that individual success is not transferring to team success? It's a great question. Um, I think part of it is that. Well, first, I want to make first, I do want to say, and I know probably people don't want to hear this. Um, they are playing better basketball as of late. Like if you, and again, you can't just negate it, but if you take out, a historical collapse against the Clippers in which they were up 14 minutes or 14 points or three minutes. They, they were, they would have been three and one last week. Um, and I had talked about how that, that last week was their most favorable stretch in a while. And they went two and two. And for a team that's at the bottom of the league, like two and two is uh, fine. It's good. Um, so I think part of it is, I think it's just not coming at the same time. Uh, like Jaden has kind of primarily struggled as of late. Uh, JD struggled the last couple games. Um, and then with that, I, Sadiq Bey has found his footing a little bit. and A little bit. Yeah, Hami's found his footing. Um, so it's like it's just kind of – and that's part of it. Like they're young guys, so it's like learning – I mean, that's part of consistency, right? Like you can look at it from an individual standpoint. You can look at it from a team standpoint. Young players don't tend to be consistently good, and because of that, the team isn't consistently good. Uh, maybe that changes throughout the course of the season, but I think that plays a lot of it. It's, it's so many young guys. Um, there are a lot of them. I mean, especially in Jaden and JD's uh, case, um, they're they're going through this for the first time, and they've hit rookie walls. And it's funny in my piece, Mike Brown kind of. I, I said that to Mike Brown. I asked him. I was like, it feels like Jaden started off hot, and then as teams kind of got the book on him, he started to slow down a little bit. How, as a coach who's been doing this for so long, how do you kind of view that as, like, how does a guy learn to adjust to the adjustments? Yeah. And Mike Brown talked about, he's like, well, he's like, what you're saying is true. But he also said, like, and he said, this is probably plays more of a part. He's like, he's already played more games than he has in college. He's already had more practices than he did in college. Um, He's just getting used to it. So, and he said, there's going to be several rookie, rookie walls throughout the season. So I think that's part of it. Just guys, a bunch of young guys who are playing inconsistent because that's what young guys do. And every now and then you'll see everybody on the same wavelength and it'll lead to like two wins in a week or something like that. If I, if you, if you lock Hamadou in a room and just say, Hey man, I don't know if the shot's ever going to happen. It was Aaron Kellerstrass from Piston Powered wrote about this recently. Lock Hamadou Diallo in a room, and just turn on some Herb Jones tape. Turn on some Tony Allen tape and just say, just be this, just do this, be this guy for us. Do you like that? If you just give up on the shot, if you give up on the offense and say, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. 
and he's yeah. just that defensive wing. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I like like he's the one guy that cuts consistently on offense. Uh, he's the one guy that pushes the defense, forces the defense to get back on. Like, I think offensively, yeah, you don't want to see him self-create, but offensively he brings stuff to the table that nobody else on the roster does. But he does need to – he has the physical attributes to be a lockdown defender. He needs to lock in. He's better on ball than he is off ball. A lot of his issues are off ball. Um, he just needs to lock in on that end. I was sitting here the other day, and this technically isn't a grievance. This one's more of a question. And I'm thinking to myself, man, the trade deadline, we're about a, a month out from that. Yeah. Probably start ramping that up. But then we already kind of covered that. We don't think we're really going to do that much this year. So I'm thinking about the other teams around the league. I'm thinking about the, the pool of players, you know, that could potentially get traded. And I'm trying to think, you know, who's like the big prize? Who's like the guy where if this team gets them, they probably won the trade deadline. Can I give you a name that I think might be like a sneaky darling of the deadline sure what do you think about Jakob Pertl and I'm not saying for Detroit I'm saying whoever yeah. gets that whoever gets him they might win yeah I mean I like Jakob I don't know if the Spurs trade him uh, I think the Spurs see him as like a future piece obviously like he's good now and he's kind of until just... Victor Wembanyama shows up right no well Victor's a four Victor will be a four you play I mean, together are we going to do that with him? Do you think? Where, where do you put him on all NBA? Let's do that. Let's spend five minutes on this. Where do you put Victor Wembanyama on all NBA? I have I have a theory. If the Pistons land him, what's that? They play him, Duran, and Stewart. Oh, I would. That's what I would do. And Cade. Yeah, Cade. And... Uh, of course, Cade. I'm just saying. I'm 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 like adding the height to it, right? Oh yeah, so yeah. That so would be pretty fun. Think about it. I mean, it would be similar to Cleveland where Laurie is kind of the pseudo, if you want to put it in a box, small forward, like Wembenyama is going to be the perimeter guy. Like he can make plays off the dribble. Like that would be him. Stu, you put Stu in the corners on the wings. Yeah. Hit the, and then JD is the rim runner. Like I think defensively that would answer a lot of questions clearly. And offensively, it's not clunky enough if Victor is what we think he is. Like I, I think if the Pistons get Victor Wembenyama, Jalen Duran, Isaiah Stewart, Wembenyama will be all starting next year. Do you also agree with Victor Wamanyama that tanking is a weird strategy? Um, Old it, man yells at cloud meme. I wish there was a better way, uh, but I understand why teams do it. I wish it was just like every, like, I, I mean, naturally, I just wish all 32 teams got the same chance at the number one pick. Yeah. And that doesn't. That's not fair, though. Yeah, it's not fair, but maybe you make a rule that if the team that won the title, like, for example, you say, for example, say the Warriors got the number one pick, that's the last time they can get the number one pick for the next five years or something like that. You know, I was talking about this the other day. One day, Adam Silver will do something to devalue the philosophy of that stockpiling draft picks is like the best way. And I'm so curious to see how they kill the value of draft picks because because eventually a cultural reset will happen the same way that it kind of happened this offseason with the Kevin Durant trade stuff where you were like, we cannot physically compile enough assets to quantify the value of Kevin Durant. It's impossible. So you kind of have to take a step back once you see, you know, a C tier player going for like three picks. You're like, oh, wait, 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 what? So eventually that'll happen to the draft. And I'm curious to see what it is. Another thing, if it's not Jakob Pertl, I don't think I'm I'm really trying to be unbiased here. Is Bogdanovich just like the probably the consensus best guy to trade for? I think Fred Van Vliet. No, I think the, I think the Raptors are going to blow it up. 
What happened? To th- it's another thing. I was I, okay. I I made a video the other day where I basically gave a, a short quips about every single team in the league. So this was just another thing that I was talking about in the video. When I got to the Raptors, I was like, "What the hell happened to all the Masai Ujiri propaganda?" Three years ago, we're hanging banners from the ceilings talking about is he the best general manager in North America? It's three years down the line, people are just like, "I don't know." I guess it's Sam Presti. Like people don't talk about that anymore. What happened? Yeah, I mean. They just haven't been, they have two different timelines going. They have, they have Gary Trent, Pascal and Fred all in their primes. Mm -hmm. And then they have the Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher's and um, where's OG. Is he somewhere in the middle? And and OG. Yeah. And OG somewhere. It's just a weird, yeah. Like it's just a weird mix of, it's kind of like the warriors where it's like, they need their young guys to infuse with the veterans, but like the young guys are taking lumps. Like Scotty's really kind of struggled this year. Well, they don't have a they don't have rim protection. They don't have three point shooting. That's why, like, make a maybe Jakob Pertle comes back to Toronto. He was the one that got. Yeah, that's how he ended up in San Antonio was from Toronto in the first place. Yeah, it was him and Demar for Kawhi. What a great trade! <laughs> yeah, awesome I mean, trade. It, I mean, it worked out for Toronto. Well, Jakob Pertle, darling of the deadline. That's not so bad. That's a good consolation to trading away a franchise player who wins a championship in the following season. <laughs> Uh, James, before we end today's show, what do you say we take a quick break from this week's sponsor? Sure. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Alrighty, James, recapping holiday break. We'll do a quick 510, close the show on this. I will say shout out to the guy who sent you a tweet for our last episode, and we haven't gotten this in a while. We got this a lot when the show first started. Haven't heard this one in a while. When he was like, when Nick says, all right, James, time's to, time to wrap things up. Usually there's about 20 minutes left <laughs> in the episode. Yeah. Uh, my response to that is, hey, man, sometimes you go down the rabbit hole with James and it gets real cozy. You just find yourself chatting because at heart, we're just two chatters. Holiday break, though. Uh, what'd you do? You do anything fun? I had a travel travel thing from hell. Um, so I was in. Where was I at on Chris? Oh, Atlanta. Uh, the day before Christmas Eve and my flight at 9 a.m. got canceled the night before because apparently they thought the weather would be bad in Michigan, but the team ended up flying out that night and got in fine. So I don't know. So that caused me to have to pick a new flight that would leave Atlanta at 11, get to Kentucky at 12 and would leave Kentucky to Detroit from at one. And I'd get home around two 30. Well, that got pushed back because when the plane arrived, a cord was broken on the door or something. So we had to wait for the mechanic on Christmas Eve to get there. Moral of the story, I get home around five. I have to drive through a snowstorm to Flint. I drove my car, which is not a snow car, 
and it had to get off on the side roads. It was just, my anxiety was on 50. It was just an, a lot, but got to see my family, got to hang out with everybody. Um, got to take a couple days off and, and reset. Um, very good. It was good. Um, yeah, but the travel part stunk. How was yours? Man, I I was I was traveling around a lot. Saw a lot of different places. Did a lot of different things. Hung out in Milford. Hung out in Wixom. Uh, went to Twelve Oaks. I texted you about that. Yeah. Went to How 12 was it? Oaks. It was pretty cool. I hadn't been there in a long time. Yeah, it's, uh, nice. it's a nice mall. It's really nice. They got the Chick Fil A out there now. I tell you what, though, if you live by a Chick Fil A in Michigan, we were talking about this over the holidays. It's, it's so annoying, bro. Dude. Like the one hour wait in line is just like part of the experience. It's weird because like I'll go to Atlanta and I don't ever have to wait in line at Chick-fil-A. It's I think it's just because they're used to it, though. Right. Like in Michigan, like people act like it's crack. Yeah. And it's like I'd rather it's good. I mean, I like Chick-fil-A. It's good. But like I'm not trying to wait an hour every time. Like why is every Chick-fil-A that I've ever been past in Michigan has a line that is just ridiculous. It makes no sense. Can I give you a chicken sandwich take? Popeye's is better. Well, yeah, but that's not a hot take. That's just true. I disagree, but go ahead. I think KFC's is better than Chick-fil-A. I haven't had it. It's good. All right. What's it called again? I think I don't. It's like the KFC chicken sandwich. I don't know. What it's called. <laughs> the Kentucky fried sandwich. I don't All know right. what it's called. Hey, I tell you what, uh, you know, what's devastating for some people that listen to the show, maybe Aaron Gordon having a career year. Anybody in yeah. your life who's pissed about that? James? <laughs> Yeah, my dad, as as you guys know, Papa Edwards is not a big Aaron Gordon fan, but Aaron Gordon has conformed and is playing his role well. I don't, I'm not the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of his game, but he plays his role well. Um, Denver's been, I mean, Jokic has been out of his mind. He's been so good. I thought I saw a tweet today that he's only shot under 50% in one game all season. Oh. 50% or That's under, or, yeah, which is crazy. Um, is he, is Jokic going to be the, the first guy in the history of North American sports? To be no. so oh. good. Just, just, yes. He's just good. Yes. Uh, to be so good that we're like voter fatigue isn't real. Let's just get, we just have to give it to this guy. He's like legit too good. Nah. I think he's going to break voter fatigue. He's going to do, he's going to go back to back to back. Now, if LeBron got voter fatigue, Jokic is going to get voter fatigue. hundred percent. But that's what I'm saying is that's how good he is that LeBron couldn't do it. Nobody could do it, especially in today's age when we are so oversaturated with like, I hate to, be a guy who sounds kind of I don't this is going to sound kind of boomerish but like do people realize that like having a hundred dudes scoring 30 points a game like is it normal yeah the league is ridiculous right now it's we're so oversaturated with these dudes with these performances that like what do you mean the guy who put up 39 62 and 15 didn't win yeah his third MVP in a row like we have to give it to this guy because his team like made it to the playoffs and usually they don't and like it's kind of a feel-good narrative that's I stupid. wish they did that because Shay would be in people's lists I I got a trade deadline deal for you you want to talk about the Oklahoma City Thunder they're not James Shay James Wiseman come on down you're coming to the Thunder uh, how much longer can we keep doing that I mean but they have check coming Oh, you're right. Yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I feel well, like they're and I feel like they're due for lottery luck. Why? Because it just like hasn't happened yet. Like I just feel like it's gonna happen. And they're playing. Just it just did last year. No. They got Chet. 
Yeah, but that ain't. I'm talking about. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I was gonna say. Why did like, they get Victor Wembanyama? I hate this. You don't mean this because they're doing what the you Pistons... hate Sam Presti. What do you mean? I don't hate Sam Presti. Don't say that. We. I. I was. I was upset with the situation I had involving Sam Presti. I don't. I don't hate many. I don't hate Sam Presti. I just had it. I would. We just. I don't. I don't. Shut up. Mm, sounds like a guy who might have. Um, okay, we'll move on. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, they're doing what the Pistons did on a higher level when the Pistons got Cade. I remember everybody's like, the basketball gods are going to reward Detroit because they're out here playing hard. They're in every mm-hmm. game. They're winning some games. OKC is doing that, but on steroids. Like, they're almost in the playoffs. Yeah, no, 100%. So, I'm just wondering, like, okay, if I'm the Warriors, are we doing this Wiseman thing like, for another year? Are we going to keep doing this? Because I think never, they'll trade him. They've never really treated him like the number two pick no, ever. I, and and really? he's been hurt, and yeah, but I think they end up trading him. Especially really, the only stuff we've ever heard come out of that camp is like negative about him. Yeah, I agree. It's and not... then he goes to Santa Cruz, and he's awesome, and looks like he's having a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and then, then he goes to the back, Bay. Yeah. yeah, it's not a little, it's toxic. It's toxic. Um, huh. are we? Did we miss any piston stuff? We 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 talked about that. We glossed over the epic collapse. Oh, I... Braxton Key. Yeah, he's gone. Well, that, yeah, that, that cancels out Cade being out for the year for me in our in our game. Well, Rodine will pick up some minutes for me. He'll pick. I'll. I will. We'll give him a shift or two. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Even, I haven't even seen him yet. Um, do you want to uh, do? A, I were you convinced at all by C.J. Stroud? You probably didn't get to watch the playoff, actually, did you? Because you were at the Minnesota game. Yeah, no, I, I watched the end of Michigan. Uh, shout to TCU. Uh, no, I'm not convinced at all by C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young or no quarterback? Uh, just no quarterback. We'll, we're just, let's just stick with no quarterback. None. We don't need one. Uh, Bryce Young's there. You take Bryce Young. You don't like Stetson Bennett? You don't like a 25-year-old? No, who, yeah. You, the motherfucker well, who, like, discount double-checks 19-year-olds after he's, like, no. Yeah. That's also, not my thing. Yeah, Stetson Bennett should not be allowed to play. Like, he's he's a grown-ass man. <laughs> he shouldn't be allowed to play. Yeah, like, there's, like, he's like, he's like Chris Winky and, like. Brandon well, Whedon was, like, the 27. Other, yeah, Brandon Whedon, the other, like, uh, the other Mormon, like, college football players. Wasn't uh I tell you what, you know who was one of, another one of those dudes? Sam Merrill was like 25 as a rookie in the NBA because he went to Utah State. Oh yeah, yeah, he's Mormon. Didn't yeah. wasn't Russell Wilson a grad transfer? Wasn't he technically old? Wasn't he like 23? It's not old, but yeah, he was older. Yeah. I yeah. think. Huh. Did we uh, did we miss anything, Pistons Wise? Oh, I'm trying to think. No, I don't I, think I, so. met, I talked about hit us up on Twitter. Let me know what you think about my uh, Killian Mo conspiracy. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Reddit will let us know. All I'm saying is, uh, and I checked, I just checked with Kobe price, the Orlando magic uh, beat reporter. And he said that there has never been a mention of Mo going into concussion protocol. So, Ooh. so uh, yeah, if a guy looked like that and wasn't in concussion protocol, all I can assume is he's a smart young man and found himself in no man's land and played possum. The fact that you did that, you checked that live is awesome. That's breaking news. Wow. Yeah. Mo Wagner is a fraud. He faked it. Are we running with this? Give him an print Oscar, the, baby. Print the shirts. Give, Give him an the Oscar. The Oscar noms are in, uh, I think, on the 23rd. Voting closes in like two weeks. We got to get the, the press run going for Bo Wagner, best actor. Holy smokes. Yeah. Hamadou Diallo, best supporting. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a review. Five stars. Wait, I did that backwards. Leave five stars or a review. Wait, or if you're feeling generous, 
catch. We will catch you guys. What the hell? Set a stroke in the next one. Peace.